Blue Wire. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Fangirl Playbook on Blue Wire. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, joined as always by my co-host, Stephanie McCarroll. We are very excited to have Jim Trotter from NFL Media on the podcast today. We recap the divisional round, preview the AFC and NFC championship games, and we all do who's hot, who's not. Jim's who's not is probably the most important and poignant one we've had of the season. So make sure to listen in. We are brought to you today by Untuck It. And with that, let's get to it. All right, Fangirl Nation, we have lots to talk about. The NFL playoff divisional round is behind us. The championship round is in front of us. Of course, deciding who will go to the Super Bowl. Steph, I'm very excited about our guest, Jim, today that you all heard about in the intro. You guys, what did you think of this weekend of football? Uh, Ladies first. All right, Steph, you get to go first. (laughs) You know, it was a really great uh, couple games for the divisional round. I was a little, I mean, I wasn't, I wouldn't even say a little. I was very shocked that the Ravens were knocked out. it was just something I, I I just wasn't expecting. However, you know, it, it just they couldn't really get anything together. And to give credit, you know, to what the Titans were able to accomplish, I mean, what they did on the run, you know, they, they basically drew up the perfect game plan against the Ravens, and they made them kind of claw all over the field over and over again. So that was a pretty big shocker. 49ers, on the other hand, were... Uh, wasn't too bad, you know, like I sort of predicted that one. However, you know, it's really going to see, like, because they seem like the only team that are unbeatable at this point. Um, I was shocked to see the Chiefs go down, what was it, like 21 points, and then come back and score like 50-something. That was incredible to me. But um, But I'm not surprised, you know, I'm not surprised it happened that way. Of course, the Packers um, being the Seattle was uh, something I also that was pretty uh, predictable at that point. No, I just I, I thought it was um, it was a fun weekend. Um, you know, I think the outcomes, with the exception of Baltimore, were kind of what I anticipated, but not the way that I anticipated. You know, as Steph said, to see the Chiefs go down 24-0 and then score 41 straight was um, just mind-numbing and. You know, to watch Seattle, the one thing about Seattle all year has been that they find a way to be in one-score games at the end. I think that that um, yesterday was the 12th game this year, if I remember right, that they've been in a one-score game. So regardless of how ugly it may appear, um, they always seem to find a way to be in it at the end, and largely that's because of their quarterback, Russell Wilson. It was just phenomenal. So, um so it's going to be, you know, it'll be a fun, it'll be a fun championship weekend coming up here. Although I, I must say, I was truly stunned that that Baltimore was eliminated in the first round, but it happens. Well, let's start in the AFC, uh, talking about the uh, championship game on Sunday. The Titans have stunned teams on back-to-back weekends. I think the Patriots' win was slightly less surprising, just because how the Patriots struggled late uh, into the season. Um, but still, I'm not sure anybody expected the Titans to beat the Patriots and then go into Baltimore and beat the Ravens. So let's start there, Jim. We have, of course, the Titans now taking on the Chiefs, who, as we've mentioned, fell down by 24 points and then came back to really blow out the Texans. This should be 
a great game. I don't want to pick against the Titans because they've proven me wrong every week thus far. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm afraid to do it. However, in watching that Chiefs game, the Chiefs are just so good. Of course, Arrowhead is a very difficult place to play. But Jim, what do the Titans have to do to continue to stun everybody and get to Miami? I think the same thing they've been doing the last couple of weeks and really um, the last half of the season, and that's run the football effectively, uh, win on their play-action passes, and play solid defense. And um, it's been a recipe that's worked for them. You know, I give Mike Vrabel a lot of credit. Um, he did something midway through the year that a lot of coaches and organizations are are afraid to do because they basically you're admitting you made a mistake. And when you draft a quarterback number two overall, you typically are committed to that quarterback largely through the end of his rookie contract. But Mike Vrabel made a decision after, I think, six, seven games to say, you know what, it's just not working with Marcus Mariota right now. The offense isn't functioning. We're not being able to take shots downfield etc. to complement our run game and, and our play action game. And so he made the switch to Ryan Tannehill. And that has made all the difference in, in the tight season this year. You watch Ryan Tannehill um, and he's been tremendous. He's been one of the leading passers in the NFL since he came in in terms of efficiency, since he came into the starting lineup this year. So, so that's big for me. You know, I always say we in the media are, are quick to call players busts. And I think a lot of times we fail to take into account the context of the situation that a player is in. So many coaches are so stubborn to say that a player has to play their system. He has to do what they want instead of the good coaches who say, what is that player's skill set? What does he do best? And how can we maximize it? And the Titans have done that. Yeah, I think that's 100% true. Obviously, Derrick Henry has had two incredible games. And I think the great thing about Tannehill, too, in the past few weeks, the other day he threw 14 passes for 88 yards, but they do what works and they know how to win games. Now, of course, now the Titans defense will be going up against Patrick Mahomes and a Chiefs offense that is filled with weapons that is very, very fast. Steph, how do you think this will go? You always talk a lot about matchups. Uh, What is a matchup you're very interested to see this weekend? Well, I think I think the Titans will definitely stick with the run game. And, you know, that's something that, you know, Kansas City will have to, you know, defend better. It's going to be interesting because what I really like with the Titans is that they're able to get into the red, the red zone. They're really able to score and that their defense is holding off quite a bit. Um, I, you know, Tannehill, you know, isn't you know, doing anything particularly spectacular, but they, he is allowing, and this is coaching too, they are allowing for, for the run. They're doing what really works for them. And I, I see that, and they're on a roll. I mean, he's, it's not just been the last two games. I mean, he's, he's, I think it's like, he has like six games with over 180 yards. That's ridiculous. I mean, I mean if you have a running back, like, that good why are you going to stop doing what you're doing now of course kansas city's going to obviously uh, plan for that but i think there's a lot that the titans can do they've gotten healthy at the right time you know i i don't count them out at this point at all jim do you think their defense can handle mahomes and kelsey and friends (laughs) um no no but i think what works in their favor what works in their favor defensively is that time of possession. When you can run the ball 
as effectively as Derrick Henry is running it, when you can continue to move the chains and get first downs and control time of possession, that limits the number of possessions that Kansas City has and therefore the number of times that that Patrick Mahomes uh, gets his hands on the ball. So do I think that the Titans' defense can stop Kansas City's offense? No, but if you can limit the number of times that the Chiefs have the football with the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands, then you have a better shot to win. So to me, that's the key there. Can they control time of possession? Can they keep it away from Patrick? And if they do that, then yes, they have a shot. And that is something they did really well the other night against the Ravens. I mean, they did really control the time of possession, um, which is a stat that you know people don't always look at as much as I think they should, uh, and it's something fans should definitely pay attention to. Yeah, I'm not counting the Titans out of this one. I'm I'm very curious to see how this goes. Um, I hate to make a prediction because oftentimes I'm wrong, but I still <laughs> – and why do anything if you're going to be wrong? No, I'm just kidding. But um, I think this is going to be actually a really good game and a fun, way to, fun game to watch, and, you know, what a story it would be. I, I do believe the Chiefs – probably, as we've discussed, are the better team. But I agree with both of you. If Derrick Henry can continue to do what he's doing and if they can control time of position, possession, excuse me, that's anybody's ballgame. So we will see how that AFC championship goes on Sunday. Do you guys want to make predictions or would you prefer also not to be wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm still picking the Chiefs. I, you know, I wouldn't um, put it past Tennessee. But, you know, just seeing – I don't think the Chiefs can go down that significant of a number against the Titans for that reason. But then again, you never know um, how it's all going to – but I, my pick is still Kansas City for sure. Jim? Oh, I think the Chiefs will win. And I think getting back Chris Jones, hopefully he will be healthy this week mm-hmm. in the middle of that defensive line will be um, very important for them. If he's not there, uh, it becomes much more problematic in terms of them slowing down Derrick Henry. If he's back – um, then he's going to present a lot of problems for the Titans. But having said that, I still stick with, with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. I am going to do the same just because. And just because we all did that, the Titans are going to the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> uh, before we move into the NFC, we are going to take a brief break to hear a word from our sponsor, Untuck It. Ever see an untucked button down? They look bad. Why? because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. With more than 50 fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. All right, let us move into the NFC. Uh, We talked in the beginning, of course, Jim, you talked about Russell Wilson. 
Uh, and he, even though as a 49ers fan, it pains me to say it, you are correct. And I actually, I thought that they were going to come back and win the game, but I think um, the clock literally and figuratively ran out on Seattle. They certainly, I think, went farther than they should have with what they were working with, which is, of course, due to the quarterback. Uh, and so we will not get the third matchup between the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers, but we will get a second matchup between the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers. Of course, they met earlier this season with the 49ers dominating and winning that game 38-7. to But as Kyle Shanahan said in his Monday press conference, uh, it would be, quote, stupid to think that that has anything to do with what will happen on Sunday, which I 100% agree with. I think we are going to see a great game. Uh, Jim, I'm going to let you start here and talk a little bit uh, about a matchup that you are excited to see in this one. Wow, there, there are so many. Um, you know, look, I, 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 I agree with Kyle. I don't think the Packers will play as poorly as they did the last time around. And I shouldn't say that the Packers played poorly. I think San Francisco played tremendous in that game, defensively, offensively, um, you name it. You know, the Packers have been to California twice this season and, and basically got run out of the stadium both times when they played the Chargers and when they played the 49ers. But I think what you saw yesterday um, and what I saw is that for all of these people who say that Aaron Rodgers is having an off year, et cetera, et cetera, when it's money time and a play has to be made, um, I thought he was outstanding uh, yesterday. So for me, one, I'm looking to see how uh, San Francisco, or I'm sorry, how Green Bay goes about dealing with San Francisco's pass rush. Remember, uh, Saturday was the first time in 72 days that the 49ers had all of their defensive starters available to them. You know, they had been without Quan, they had been without D, they had been without Tart, and it had impacted that unit. You know, after what, holding opponents to 20 or fewer in the first seven games, all of a sudden you see games where they give up 31 or 46, um, doing things that were uncharacteristic of that unit. But the minute they got all those guys back, they went out and dominated a Vikings offense that had been playing pretty well. So for me, I'm most curious about how Green Bay is going to handle that San Francisco pass rush. Because if you don't, that unit is going to make, make life miserable for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, miserable. As uh, <laughs> Kirk Cousins saw the other day, and you bring up a really good point, Jim. And also in that last game between these two teams, there was no Juan, there was no D, and there was also no Joe Staley on the offensive line. Um, so you have a very healthy 49ers team, and I do think there are so many matchups to watch. I have a few I want to discuss, but Steph, I will let you go next. Yeah, there's a there's a few. I mean, I think um, Witherspoon uh, is probably not going to start, and Mosley is going to start. So you're going to see Devontae Adams versus Mosley. Uh, I'm anxious to see that matchup um, totally. I'm also concerned, too, about you know, Blake Martinez versus Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, mm -hmm. sometimes Jimmy, he has to be aware of the linebacker dropping into coverage. And I do think sometimes he gives the linebackers chances to make those plays because he might lock into a receiver or he's not totally aware of where that linebacker is. So I think that's going to be a good matchup. Um, you know, Joe Staley, too, is, is – uh, I don't want to say necessarily lost a step, but he's just not always um, lined up. And I think he missed a lot of action this season. Um, but Zadarius uh, Smith is just, you know, he's just somebody you're going to have to really, you know, manage. So 
I think all those matchups are going to be key and to protect the quarterback. Um, and I could go on. I think Fred Warner versus Aaron Jones is going to be really interesting. See how they like really stop the run. I think that's going to be really key for the 49ers, and it's going to be key for the Packers if they can get that run going. And I will say uh, on Joe Staley, since he has been back in the lineup consistently, I think he has been playing at a pretty high level. And the entire offensive line played in an incredibly high level the other day um, in terms of just uh, protection and blocking against the run. Mike McGlinchey, I believe, had his highest grade of the season. Of course, George Kittle continued his blocking prowess. Uh, so I think, you know, obviously every team and every game is different, but we'll see the 49ers probably continue um, to keep an eye on the run. Your thought, your thoughts on Jimmy. And uh, what Jeff was talking about with Blake Martinez, and I, I believe that that is an issue that, you know, he has to pay attention to. Do you see that as a problem for this week? I mean, look, Jimmy has had his issues at times where he will make that one play that makes you kind of scratch your head. But the positive for the 49ers from that is that each time he does that, he comes back and plays pretty well after that, doesn't make that same mistake twice in the game. So that's a that's a positive for San Francisco at this point. I, I don't think Jimmy's going to be the issue here. I, I think San Francisco and the way that Kyle Shanahan schemes up his run game is going to be so important. Um, because the run game is the foundation to everything that the 49ers do, as well as mm-hmm. what the Packers are trying to do. So mm-hmm. for me, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what Kyle comes up with and who's going to be the hot back this time, because the one thing he does, he rides the hot back. And um, will it be Coleman? Will it be Mostert? Will it be uh, uh, Brita? You know, I don't know. But, but I just know that those guys, someone has picked up the slack every game, it seems. So um So I'm intrigued about that. I think Jimmy will be fine. I do too. And I think you hit upon, of course, the run is also very important to the Packers. And we spent a lot of time, of course, talking about Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Jones may be an even bigger key to this game. Yeah. And, you know, the 49ers held him to 13 carries for 38 yards last time. I don't expect that to be the same thing. But this time, of course, he will have Quan and Fred Warner and that very healthy uh, D-line to contend with. So um, it's not going to be easy. Steph, you earlier brought up Akella Witherspoon and Emmanuel Mosley, and there's something I just wanted to to talk about briefly, which I think does make this 49ers team a little bit special. And, you know, full disclosure, Jim, you have Steph, who is a longtime 49ers fan, and, of course, you know I am a 49ers <laughs> fangirl. So there's a little bit of bias here, but um, Shanahan mentioned – in his Monday press conference, how once Akello was pulled uh, and essentially benched for Mosley, how he went up to special teams coordinator Richard Hightower and basically said, give me all of, you know, E-man's reps. And I think that is something that is special about this team. There's not a lot of ego. Uh, and you have a lot of potential superstars in that locker room, and there's not a lot of ego. And I do think that's part of what makes them click. And they talked a lot the other day about complementary football. It's something we talk a lot about. But they do seem to figure out who, whoever needs to step up, just like you were talking about with Aaron Rodgers, whoever needs to step up every week seems to figure out how to step up, whether it be the defense, whether it be on special teams, whether it be the offense. And I think that's a bit of an intangible X factor that makes this team so hard to beat. Oh, I would agree with that. I think when you get to this time of year, most teams that are in this position have that something about them, that vibe. 
um, and it becomes bigger than one, you know, and it becomes about truly the team and selfish, um, being unselfish, et cetera. So um, I don't think there's any question about that. And, it, and, and you often see it more with teams that are just having success for either the first time or after some years of struggle like the 49ers have had. It's fresh to them. They're hungry. Um, and so everyone buys in. I think you're seeing that with San Francisco. And, you know, you can make that case with Green Bay, too, who had been out of the playoffs a couple of years. Uh, so it it should be. A, I'm expecting a fun game. I'm I not expecting a blowout like we saw last time. No, I don't think so either. I think this is going to be one for Niners fans should prepare themselves. It's going to be like the last several games of the season. Like, you know, take deep breaths and hold on to your hats because it's going to the end. I'll say this to you, too. It was interesting to me before the game Saturday in talking to one of the assistant coaches who the first thing he said to me when he came out to the field was there was a there was a buzz in the crowd that he had only felt maybe two at most three times prior to Saturday and that the crowd was really into the game, you know, that they were eager to get the game going, that they were there was a, a heightened sense of anticipation. And I can tell you that I do believe the crowd will play a big factor um, on Sunday because players feed off that and particularly on defense, um, you know, uh, they feed off that noise. So for me, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what that atmosphere is going to be like, you know, the first NFC championship game in Levi stadium and, and what the, the vibe will be coming from the crowd. I agree. And it's been fun to see because, I've been covering this team, and obviously, Steph, you've been a fan of this team a long time. Uh, and the the crowds at Levi's certainly left a lot to be desired over the last several seasons, but in fairness, so did the team. So it makes a really big difference, but it's been fun to see how Levi's has really become a home field with a home field advantage. And to your point on crowds, I think the same thing at Arrowhead. That is a tough stadium to play in, and that crowd will oh. be very vocal. Yeah, it's it's. I'll never forget the story one time, Donnie Edwards, when, um, you know, he was playing for the Chargers after playing in Kansas City for so many years. And I was asking him about playing in Arrowhead and what's that, what that is like. And he said to me one time, he said, it is so loud, it's almost like you can see sound waves, you know, <laughs> that, that the stadium just kind of moves. And, and I, I just thought that was so, such an interesting description. Um, but there's no question, that place, when it gets going, um, I know people talk about Seattle. But Arrowhead, for my money, is still one of the toughest places to play when that crowd is into it. And that's another reason I do think the Chiefs will win. I just yeah. think that that's going to make a very big difference in that game. Steph, go ahead. Did you want to say something? I just didn't, yeah, I just totally agree. I mean, it's a tough stadium. I've been there myself, and I feel like I need earplugs. You know, <laughs> it's just. It's just one of those places that is just so, so energetic. They have great fans. Kansas City is a great sports town, everything, and they've always supported their team. So, yeah, I I think that, that the two stadiums, I think, are really going to be home field advantage, you know, this, you know, these uh, last two games. So before the, we go to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. We did not, however, do a prediction on the 49ers. Packers game um I actually almost just said 49ers Chiefs and I don't know if that was like a Freudian thing or a clairvoyant <laughs> thing but we'll start uh with 49ers Packers Jim who do you see winning this one 
I see San Francisco winning it. Um, I just think that they're playing well on in all phases of the game, you know, offense, defense, special teams. I think that Kyle, Hanahan, Kyle Shanahan's game planning and scheming is just brilliant. And the fact that they've got everyone healthy on defense now, I think we saw um, or were reminded what that unit can do when everyone is available. So for me, uh, I'm, I'm going to stay with San Francisco. I am going to do the same, Steph. I'm going to ask your opinion, even though I'm pretty sure I'm I know. Shocked. Let me, I'll be shocked if she <laughs> takes Green Bay. If she says Green Bay, I, don't, I might just hang up. <laughs> but you yeah. do you, Steph. You do you. <laughs> no, of course, I think San Francisco. I just think that this is a really special team, and I'm not trying to be – I mean, obviously, I'm biased, but they're just a really special team. And everything you see in George Kittle, I mean, there's just – so much talent on this team that I just think it would just be, um, you know, but for like horrific injuries, I just don't see anybody beating them right now. So, um, you know, I do think it's going to be closer than the previous game, but I think that they have, if they hit on every cylinder, there's no reason they shouldn't lose. I agree. Uh, And that brings us to our favorite segment, Fangirl says who's hot, who's not, and Jim has kindly agreed to do this with us. But we will go first. Uh, Jim, we'll show you how it's done. I am actually going to go ahead and start. Usually I let everybody else start, but I'm going to go ahead and start today. (laughs) Um, My fangirl says who's not is actually going to be Bill O'Brien. We did not talk a ton about this. Um, Of course, the Texans and their somewhat collapse after going up 24-0 and then end up losing and essentially a blowout on the other side of the Chiefs. Um, I am not one to normally just go ahead and blame the coach, uh, but I think there were some play calling issues, and my biggest one really was with the not going with uh, forward on fourth and one. To me, that seemed like uh, a big mistake. So that's going to be my who's not. My who's hot is going to be Nick Bosa who has been playing at an incredibly high level all season, but I think on Saturday showed even more so just what makes him so special. His little bounce up after he got the wind knocked out of him was, of course, super fun to watch and uh, a treat for 49ers fans, but this is just such a special player, and it's like almost scary to think about how good he's going to be in two years considering how incredible he is right now. So there you go. Steph, you're up. <laughs> All right, I'm going to I'm going to go with coaches too. Um, I think Shanahan, but also Sala on defense and leading the team um, has just been so incredible all season. But especially last week, I mean, it just really you know because the Vikings you know were also on a roll and they did everything right. I mean, there was a couple you know missteps there, but they always regrouped and they found a way. And it's kind of been there. Their MO all season is they find a way to win and their length of possession, they make sure they just know where they are in the game and they make sure that the team has every possible chance to win. So they are my who's hot. Um, my who's not is if I was going to go with the Texans too, because I felt like Houston um, had a really good chance there. And I felt like they have a special team also, and with Deshaun Watson, that some of the play calling was suspect, and uh, it was just a, it was just a pra- surprising that they just let it all go at the last 
you know, the, you know, the end of those last few plays. And it just, I don't, I just having somebody put up that many points, you know, consecutively without a stop or without a score, this doesn't really ring the best for your team. So yeah, they are my who's not hot. <laughs> Fair enough. Jim, you ready? Sure, sure. My who's hot is Derrick Henry. Um, I think it's a beautiful thing to see him bring running backs to the fore. For so long, we keep hearing that it's a quarterback-driven league and running backs are interchangeable. I would think Derrick Henry is showing us that running backs are not interchangeable. You see defenders making business decisions out there where they don't want to deal with this guy, particularly late in the game, because of his physicality. Um, So for me, he's my who's hot. He has carried the Titans to where they are now. My who's not, I'm going away from players or coaches. I'm going to NFL owners. We now, in the last three hiring cycles, have had 20 head coaching vacancies, and only two have been filled by African Americans. To me, that's shameful for the league. And, And the big reason for that is that when I hear from these minority assistant coaches who now talk about a sense of helplessness, that the NFL is not a place for advancement of them, that breaks my heart because these men have earned the opportunity to have an opportunity to be a head coach, and yet they feel that that the odds are stacked against them. That is definitely the most important and most poignant who's not we've had thus far, and I'm really glad that you said that. So thank you, Jim. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Well, thank you very much for being with us today. We have two great games to watch on Sunday. Uh, You can follow along with all of us. Jim, do you want to tell everybody where to find you on Twitter or wherever you may be? Let me think. I'm I'm at Jim Trotter underscore NFL. I have to stop and think. I'm not a big social media guy, so I apologize (laughs) for that up front. Um, But, yeah, you can find me Jim. Jim Trotter underscore NFL, and then also on uh, NFL.com. And I am at 49ers Fangirl. Uh, you can find me there on Twitter and Instagram and at Tracy Sandler. And Steph, where can we find you on Sunday? Um, I will be on Jaguars, FTSN, and um, yeah, on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. And make sure to follow our brand account at Fangirl Sports Network. And we will talk to you all next week when we will be previewing the Super Bowl. Bye, all.